It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews 98.5. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help people protect their families and real estate with their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried hundreds of court cases here in San Luis Obispo County, among them, striking down unconstitutional election laws, city ordinances, criminalizing homelessness, and the Bureau of Cannabis Control's authorization of cannabis billboards on Highway 101. It has been my privilege to repeatedly serve as Superior Court Special Master. I bring you officials, lawyers, and organizations shaping public policy and law here on Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Last week, I spoke with a local certified specialist in immigration and naturalization law, Los Osos attorney James Wolfe. Besides focusing on the failures of our immigration system, Mr. Wolf talked about ways that businesses can import skilled workers to fill hard-to-fill open positions. Then I had the privilege of talking with Mr. Andrew Russell of Carmel and Nakasha about a sea change in business liabilities decided the last week of the U.S. Supreme Court's last term, a sea change that was not noticed because of all the other controversial cases. If you missed those important policy perspectives, log into the podcast of last week's interviews at knews985.com. This hour, I am so pleased to bring back veteran San Luis Obispo City Councilwoman Andy Pease. Councilwoman Pease is probably the most articulate and knowledgeable individual on the San Luis Obispo City Council. And last time she was here explaining the city's transportation parking, water recycling, and other, and another proposed sales tax increase. We took so long with those, we didn't have a chance to learn about the city's focus on transitioning government businesses, manufacturing, and homes to green electrical energy and off-fossil fuels. Welcome to the show again, Andy. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad to have you back. I want to remind people about your business you actually are in the business of green building, aren't you? Right. So so I'm a licensed architect and uh, have uh, own a firm with a friend of mine called Inbalance Green Consulting. And we, um, we've been in business 15 years. There's six of us at the uh, firm and we do uh, green building certification. But, you know, the 16th year is the toughest. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Once we made it to 15, it's not coast is clear. Yeah. No, it's, a, you know, it's, a, you know, owning a business. It's um, That's right. It's a, a, a task within itself. It's, and and uh, that's what we're going to get into a little bit about the uh, city's climate action plan and some of the things that the city has done to try to help people transition. Uh, but, but as you know, running a business, uh, it's important to have stability in the factors that uh, affect your business. So Absolutely. sometimes it's, uh, 
it's important to think about the green in uh, building and the green in energy and the green in our watershed, mm -hmm. if we can reestablish a watershed. Uh, but to get there, uh, any business has to think about the green of the profit, profit margin, too, don't right. they? Yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons our firm is called In Balance Green Consulting, not just because of the balance of ecology, but just the balance of a, a project reality, right? It needs no. to work economically. It needs to work for the community as well as the environment. To give you an example, and uh, I'm not going to name who the contractor is, um, but I ran into a contractor just the other day, um, and they they were taking an office building and turning it into uh, residential, and all their plans were approved, and they were approved by the city. And in the middle of the construction, they they had to stop because a particular city agency decided that the plan wasn't good enough. And so the uh, the contractor was telling me that the, uh, they, they were able to start up again, but they told me that instead of it being a $400,000 project, it was probably going to turn into $750,000, which doesn't make for affordable residential property. Yeah. Um, so th those are the kinds of uh, things when, when uh, contractors and builders are doing things, if, if the rules suddenly change in the middle of the game, Right. It gets out of balance. Yes. So. Uh, of course, I would be remiss to say that's one side of the uh, explanation. I'm, I'm well, sure there's I, other, other factors I that might know. have contributed well, to that. that. All I know is that's, that's, <laughs> the, uh, that's what the contractor told yeah, me. Exactly. And I have no reason to disbelieve him. So um, now, the, the, uh, I thought in the last week, we've had two stories come out, uh, um, one in the Tribune and one in the uh, Calcos News uh, about the city uh, issuing statements that uh, because of the case brought by the Restaurant Association against Berkeley and the uh, fact that the uh, federal court had uh, basically held that Berkeley's ordinance, which our city copied, uh, that uh, banned new natural gas service to new structures, um, that that was violative of federal law. Um, the, the city announced that they were suspending the enforcement of San Luis Obispo's copy of that ordinance, uh, but what I noticed in the stories was that the city um, staff had uh, indicated that, well, if that got reversed at the Ninth District Court of Appeal, um, well, maybe maybe the rules would change again and that uh, any uh, development that was putting in the gas lines for natural gas um, appliances would suddenly uh, have to reverse course in the middle of their construction. Now, again, this is th this, that's what I took from the, the stories. Now, the news media is not always accurate in what they uh, present. 
Yeah. Do you have do you have, well, uh, do you have a do you have some <laughs> comments that can uh, help clarify that? Yeah. So uh, let's a- address that first, and then maybe go back and talk a little bit more about the background and and yeah. uh, you know where we think we're going. But uh, I saw that in the press release as well that it was kind of vague about we're going to be right back in it. My understanding is is that if your project is far enough along, there's a kind of a a meter for vested. uh, If you're vested in the project far enough along under that current approval, we can't go back and say, you know, after the fact. That's my understanding. I leave that to our legal team to kind of come out with some some languages that would go forward. But that would be the intent, right? I guess guess the, the, but for, for somebody in building, Sure. Which you are. Right. Uh, you're, you help people in your business uh, design their structures. Um, for them to be able to start a project, they need to have some reliability in knowing what the rules are. So I guess the question is, can the council uh, intervene to make sure that there's benchmarks of what it means to be far enough along in the project? I think that is fair feedback that I will take back to have some clarity. Like if you have a building permit, is that far enough along? If you have a permit but haven't started construction, uh, would that be, you know, the the marker? Um, If you just haven't submitted for a permit but are working on drawings, I think that's probably pretty clearly on the, hey, the rules are, you you haven't submitted for a permit. You haven't submitted it yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, would probably pretty clearly be in the, um, no, here's the rules on the day that you're submitting. Um, But uh, after that, are you, you know, once you have the permit or if you're in the plan check, great, great feedback. And I'll take that back. And And I I think most most uh, building contractors or uh, owners of property who are trying to uh, improve it. Yeah would assume that once they have the permit, well, they're now permitted. I, I, would, I, I would imagine that, but I will, uh, again, withhold my uh, non-legal judgment on that one. But I will say, I mean, interestingly, mm-hmm. right, is that um, a lot of folks are just going to go all electric with their new construction anyway. I mean, they, you know, I'm... Get, we can get into it as as mm-hmm. much as um, as as you want to, but just kind of at a very basic level, saving the money of all that gas infrastructure and the gas meter if you don't have to for new construction. Um, but you know, I hear arguments uh, other ways. If uh, on this journey, you know, I think there's a pretty broad understanding that we're moving away from fossil fuels, but the pace by which we do that is absolutely uh, a topic of conversation. Certainly. And, and of course, I think in, uh, in most people's minds, uh, their representatives, uh, they're, they're assuming that they're prioritizing what kind of uh, fuels are dirtier, which kinds of fuels are less dirty. Right. Um, it, it, certainly a candle is dirty, but is it as dirty as, uh, it, it's probably dirtier than a gas heater. Um, I don't know, but those are the kinds of things that, that, uh, certainly it's, uh, a gas heater is less dirty than a coal fireplace like we have out at the Point San Luis Lighthouse. Uh-huh. Right, right. Um, it's all relative. It's all relative. <laughs> and, and, uh. And, of course, people have been, uh, well, people are longing to rely on the things that they know how to do. Right. Um, So, uh, you know, I know how to 
I know how to cook with a wok on a gas fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I think that the uh, uh, the one thing I've seen because I've I've been in other cultures, uh, if folks are deprived of the ability to have, uh, say, piped-in natural gas, uh, I've observed that they'll uh, they'll get a camp stove, they'll get a nice bottle of propane, and you know you can make pozole. Um, and I've made pretty good pozole that way. Uh, don't don't try that inside at home. <laughs> not at home. I do it outside. <laughs> yeah, go go on your back um, porch. You're you're welcome to do that. That's but, a, but a good uh, obviously intermediate. In, in crafting public policy, one needs to think about well, what's the reaction right. going to be if people are deprived of something. Right. that they actually are used to and want. Well, interestingly, um, considering that the Berkeley uh, ordinance, as you note, w- was our um, model, and mm-hmm. um, in, in our ordinance, uh, we specifically exempt restaurants. So commercial restaurants that are trying to cook and feel like they still need natural gas, they can apply for, um, when the uh, ordinance is in place, that they could p- apply for an exemption in San Luis Obispo. So I don't know the details of Berkeley, but uh, no, it's ironic no. that it was the restaurant association that uh, had the lawsuit. But as you correctly note, it was based on that uh, legal argument, et cetera. So, the, so yes, yeah, so we have suspended it. Um, it's on a temporary uh, suspended um, on hold and while Berkeley appeals. So we'll see what happens uh, as their appeal progresses. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, if... And I, I do have to point out something. There's a sleeping uh, part of the California Constitution. Um, and, and unfortunately, when our Constitution has been amended, sometimes it's been amended in a way that creates these sleeping portions of it where it's almost not visible. But Article 11, uh, Section 9, uh, which is about municipal corporations, um, actually, uh, when it was adopted, guaranteed that utility companies without the consent of cities could put gas lines down any street to any home or business um, for heat or light. Of course, cooking is heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually still there. Uh, it's not in the text anymore because of the way the, uh, the California um, Commission on uh, Improving the Constitution uh, put it on the ballot. But it's still there. It's a sleeper portion. And uh, there were a number of cases that held that that gave people an individual right to receive natural gas for heat and light in their homes and businesses. Um, And that didn't come up in that case because it was a federal case about federal preemption. Uh, But I, I know that if that should come back from the Ninth Circuit, that that particular issue is still sitting there. Uh, well, let's interesting, m- interesting bit of history on that. Let, let's, and, yeah. let's move into <laughs> let's yeah. move into the climate action plan because the city has made some great strides and yeah. it has uh, uh, provided. Well, it's got an award. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I personally think awards are usually pretense, <laughs> uh, but 
and that we should talk about substance yeah. and, and so forth. And what, um, if somebody wants to look at San Luis Obispo City's Climate Action Plan, there's actually a website for it, isn't there? Yeah. So on the uh, for me, I always just slowcity.org and then look for climate action plan. Oh. Um, there's. Do you know a shortcut? Do we have a? No, no. Yeah, I, yeah. That's the one I I, uh, I usually go to, and uh, yeah, we do have an exceptional climate action plan, um, and uh, the thing um, bef as we get into the climate action plan, I I do want to make sure that you mm -hmm. know before we leave the specific gas. Um, conversation is just to, um, uh, uh, well, you you observe the history as it was happening at council, but because my business, as we talked about, is involved oh, I, in... I want to stress, it's important for our listeners to know that Councilwoman Pease did not vote on that. <laughs> Thank you, right. Uh, because her business would create a conflict. But right. you can explain it to us, I imagine. Right. And although I don't think that there actually is any conflict because every building, whether it's gas or electric or whatever, still needs to um, uh, comply with the energy code. That is what our business does along with a whole bunch of other ones. But, you know, it, it might look funky, so you, you I recuse anybody, anyway. You didn't yeah. want anybody to question it. That's right. And so that's, that's yeah. We wish that certain Supreme Court justices took the same attitude, don't we? Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. uh, it, actual or the appearance of any kind the of conflict. Of, so, that's right. With that being said, I have participated in the ones for the Climate Action Plan overall, which mm -hmm. are stressing the um, the goals uh, of that and then the specific ordinances within that um, uh, I, I have recused from. So. Well, there's uh, if people go to the website at yeah. the city, they're going to find that it's actually a very long document. Um, it's got volume one, volume two, volume three. Uh, there's the stories from 2035, which is kind of an introduction. Right. Uh, and there's technical foundation and work program, which is probably more uh, significant. Right. Uh, and then there's volume three is the 2023. Here we are through 2027 work program. Um, and, and I just, I pulled a few things from it because I wanted to ask you questions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And but, I will say, you know, some of the award-winning parts of that is, is about the, how it's communicated, the process by which it was developed, which was very community-centric, lots of feedback. And that volume one, which is super approachable <clears throat> about what would it look like, you know, if we, once we meet these goals of uh, clean jobs and clean transportation and um, equity that is folded into that, so the, an economy that works for everyone. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess that's, I printed it out in black okay. and white. Yeah. And I figure the color detracts from actually looking at the meaning <laughs> uh, because it's so pretty. <laughs> um, and uh, by the way, who issued the award to the city of San Luis Obispo for its climate X? X? Action plan. Yeah, we've gotten a couple, and actually, the one that we just most recently got was specific about solar energy, renewable energy. That we got mm -hmm. a, a gold ranking from Sol Solar something. Sorry, I, I'm okay. kind of with you about the awards program. I'm glad we're getting recognized, but, uh, but it's a pretty narrow field in some ways. You're more of a substance person, <laughs> so. Um, well, what, one of the things I noticed was. Uh, the path to carbon neutrality uh, here on uh, page two, and it talks about uh, 
MTCO. Yeah, megatons of CO2 equivalent. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're me- measuring everything against carbon, even though there might be other um, uh, substances with global warming potential. We put everything into kind of a carbon equivalent. And and basically, you're trying to get rid of about 400,000 megatons of carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, being issued from the city. And, you know, some of this stuff is kind of to be charitable fluff. Um, state law programs, uh, including energy efficiency requirements, are going to reduce uh, the megatons by two, 102,000 megatons. Um, well, okay. That, that's, that's fine. But I, would, I would call them estimates, not fluff. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we've got clean energy systems, and I assume that's here in San Luis Obispo. Um, it says the clean energy systems pillar is focused on bringing clean, affordable, and reliable energy to San Luis Obispo. And I guess the question is how? Right. So we did that. Um, that's one of the ones where we have a... Uh, I would say it's a 90% check the box in the sense that we uh, join community choice energy. Uh, so, and those have a higher level of commitment to um, uh, clean energy. So that's it, it's a it's a brokerage that brokers um, right. So electricity to people. Correct. So it's community choice aggregation is the generic term. And Ours the choice, is Central the, Coast Community Energy. And the choice was that you were going to be stuck into it unless you opted out. You would be enrolled automatically unless you opted out. And about and 95% of folks stayed in, 97 I think, in San Luis Obispo. Well, I'm part of the 3%. Okay. Absolutely. And, and it's not because I don't support green energy, because I do. I, uh, I'm very uh, heartened that we're going to have the wind turbines off our mm-hmm. coast. Yeah. Um, and I, but but uh, it, it was more the organization of this system and the brokerage. Um, and according to the last studies I saw that so far it's been in the black, uh, but as of 2024, it's projected to start going into the red, which means the prices are going to go up. Some alternatives to that are allowed by state law. I think I've got a warning coming up about us needing to take a break. So we'll go into that after this break. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law and Andy Pease, veteran councilwoman in San Luis Obispo.